listeners, welcome to another OC2C podcast. My name is Paul, and as always, I am joined by Jeff. (laughs) Welcome, listeners. It's it's not actually a sea devil. That was me all along, um, Paul. You know, hi everybody. And uh, I, I thought I fooled you there, didn't I? You thought it was an actual sea devil, but you well, did. I, Go on, I thought, but you did, didn't you, Jeff? I thought, how am I going to follow this? I could attempt to do yeah. another version, another voice, or I'll just come in normal. And I and I took the easy way out on that because I felt like you took the easy way compete. out. You took the easy route. Couldn't compete. It's probably not a bad idea, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you, how do you top that one? Yeah. You can't. <laughs> Why don't you explain to everyone why you are doing a sea devil voice? Yeah, this is because this particular podcast coming at you is part two of our kind of, well, I say part two of our sea devil kind of retrospective. So uh, in a previous podcast, it's a what? Oh, it's a sequel. Oh, look at that sequel. Oh, look where you're coming from. A sequel like (laughs) sea, but actually the sea. Very good. Did you not mean that? No, I thought you did mean that. No, it's I'd, a have, I'd have taken that one if I was you, mate. Oh, okay. <laughs> sequel. Never mind. <laughs> yes, we're really getting the hang of this. We've been podcasting for almost a year, Jeff, and uh, we still sound like a bunch of bumbling amateurs. But <laughs> it's all good, my friends, because we love our listeners. And uh, and boy, have we got some feedback for you on this one. So yes, Jeff and I um, looked at the Sea Devils because we have a Sea Devil episode coming up in yeah. uh, very shortly, I think, in Easter. So we thought it would be a great idea. We were riding the wave. Riding the wave of Sea Devil popularity to yeah. plumb the depths of history. I'm really going to need to come up with some seagoing metaphors, but that's <laughs> as good as they get, I'm afraid. <laughs> right? So we looked at uh, the Sea Devils previously, and uh, we've just now been watching Warriors of the Deep. Yeah, have we not, Jeff? We have. We did. We did, did that I get that right. Last couple of days. That's correct. That is the one we were supposed to watch this week. Yeah, we did. Yeah, last few days. Actually, oh. I watched. Um, I watched part four of that just last night. Right. Actually, yeah, I watched more of the Song of Arms last night. Did you? You've got your Flux Blu-ray. Yeah. I have, so I enjoyed that yeah. very much. So yeah, I haven't Good seen stuff. Warriors of the Deep uh, for a while. I've got it on mm. DVD, uh, which is on my shelf, where um, hidden behind my Blu-ray collection sets, um, <gasps> the, the shame of, of DVD. Um, so yeah, I hadn't watched it for a while, but I bought it in a in a box. I can't remember what they. Called it, but it had oh, seen. Oh yes, there was a box set, wasn't there? Yeah, I remember. I think and, that's how and I got maybe it. Maybe the Silurians as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, it's a it's a good episode. I I I couldn't remember. Did you like it? I did like it. Yeah, um, and and I did enjoy it. I felt a bit swayed by uh, some of the comments mm. that came in from people because we we put out a tweet which which. Um, if you're listening, you may have replied to them, and we'll read out some of the comments later. But asking people what they thought of it, and some of the, um, mm. the, the tweets back in were uh, not keen. <laughs> <laughs> and I, remember I saw one or two of them, and I thought, 
God, is it is it that bad? I, I quite it's really it. that bad. Yeah. Um, but then when I went back through uh, yesterday and, and and having watched it, and then I gathered people's comments together, mm. so we had them all in one place for tonight. I was like, oh, actually, yeah, most people liked it. So it was just you know what I come, you know that the bad stuff always kind of sticks in your head, doesn't it? So I, I saw it these does. couple of, yeah. of sort of uh, you know people who didn't particularly like it um but yeah i i enjoyed it it's it's um definitely uh a base under siege episode which as we all know oh yeah quite literally yeah that's very well it felt a bit like um mm. uh, in comparison to the the third doctor one which is a lot more kind of james bondish kind of gung-ho ad- adventure and in you know, lots of different yeah. uh places you know they move around a lot um and it's it's all kind of a bit of a jolly, you know, it's a bit more sort of light-hearted in a way, even though the, uh, mm-hmm. the centre of it, you know, there's still the, the sort of conflict of, you know, the, they, the, the Sea Devils want peace and everything. Mm. But this one felt a bit like, this probably sounds really s- silly, but it felt like Die Hard uh, with <laughs> Sea Devils. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not exactly a light-hearted comic romp. No, it doesn't really fall into that category of Doctor Who story, does it? No, not at all. And 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 I suppose a lot of the Fifth Doctor stuff is he's mm. he's not like that particularly anyway. Um, mm. You know, the Third Doctor stuff was, uh, you know, uh, you know he's the dandy, isn't he? So it's always a little bit more kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know, it's quite knowing, and you know, it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and that's not say it's a, things can be fun. But in different ways, yeah. And yeah. and I enjoyed Warriors of the Deep, but it, it's not got the sort of frothiness in a way yeah. that uh, you know the, the Sea Devils does. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Is that a bad description? It was like Die Hard. No, yeah, I, 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 I've never heard. I've never heard Warriors of the Deep described as being anything like Die Hard before. So I think that might be a unique thing, Jeff. But I, yeah, you, I you've heard I, it now. You've heard <laughs> you've it now. There it is, listeners. Tweet yeah. us in. <laughs> die Hard. Uh, Warriors of the Deep. The Die Hard of the Doctor Who canon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's quite interesting. I mean, I, I must admit, I mean, this story has never been... I, I, I don't think it's ever been a fan favourite. I don't think it's ever been my favourite. Although... It does. It does kick off what is absolutely my my favourite Davison season. Season twenty one is is my favourite by a long shot. And it, it was towards the end of this where I thought, yeah, I just wish Davison had stayed on another year. This whole three season pact that the Doctor mm-hmm. seemed to have lately is just just nonsense. And you know, Davison's kind of crystallised it in here. I think it was during this story that he kind of handed his notice in, or during the making of this story, or something that it was all announced. But anyway, back to back to the story in hand. So yeah, it is um it is a bit of a kind of um, Cold War thriller. I, I think is is the way to describe this with some yeah. slightly dodgy uh, creature effects, putting it mildly. But yeah, we'll, we'll come to that. Yeah, we will. We'll we'll cover that off. So so let's let's have a look at the story then. So I mean, the story the story kicks off. Uh, I mean, it, it, episode episode one, part one, uh, moves at a pretty rapid pace. I mm, think the whole does. thing actually moves now, I, pretty I quickly. Said, I said to you before we started recording that. Um, I had possibly missed um, the the kind of the reasoning and the crux of everything mm. happening, and I and I rewound it to watch it again, and I was like, I'm not I'm not entirely clear like what's 
what's instigated all of this, which is boring yeah. you, you know, yeah. making me sound really stupid. But you know, sometimes when you watch something and you're like, it wasn't, it wasn't overly clear. Mm, um, mm. And, and sometimes when you watch a film and and you don't know characters' names, it's because it hasn't been not not sort of rammed down your throat, but you know, hasn't been. I think information has to be given quite kind of clearly and concisely mm-hmm. to, to lodge in your head and stuff. And um, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure the, the base is under <laughs> attack. <laughs> well, do you know what? I, I think, I think maybe uh, just thinking about this, actually, maybe part of the reason is because the story starts and things are already kicking off. Yeah. So I think as, as we, as we come into the, the, the sea base, so, so we have a, we have sea base four, which is a military un- installation. Its job is to basically launch a whole bunch of killer missiles across the world that the enemy block, we don't know who the enemy block is. We don't know who yeah. this block represents. And that's never mentioned. We don't know if it's east, west, north, south, no. or or whatever. But there are clearly power blocks at war, and a state of high tension exists between all of them. And they, um, we, we're sort of quickly thrown around a, fr- a few characters. We have uh, we we have the the commander and was it Commander Vorshak? There's there's a bit of hit, uh, stuff between him and his second in command. I think is Bulik. Um mm. and then we have um, and then we we get a very quick introduction. We we actually see a brilliant, which I think is one of Pennant Roberts, the director. I think it's one of his best um, shots in the whole of his Doctor Who career. Is um, is we have the, a pretty decent set and a nice crane shot coming down the levels we have a multi-level set we have yeah. lots of people walking up and down stairs there's there's some geometry in that set it has yeah. angles it has depth it has height all of that so i think it's pretty stunning actually yeah, a, a, so a question on that how much of this was was set and how much was location yeah i was wondering that myself actually because a lot of the 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 secondary sets seem to be in an actual installation so i That's wonder if I they thought. were yeah, you know, they had it, like real nuts and bolts on yeah, diving chambers and walls really and things, good. And like um, health and safety and, notices and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, really detailed and, and really well mm. done. And I was watching and I thought they, they can't all be sets. And um, normally you can kind of tell, um, you know, when something's been shot on film and when something has been shot on video, as in the studio. Yes. Although I don't, I don't know, you might you might know, but in this era whether they were doing it all on video or not i'm not sure yeah they they were doing most i think they were doing outside broadcast on film i think um uh this 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 one used a new video technique allegedly yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or a new a new type of videotape uh, <clears throat> Which, it wasn't uh, high def, which, though, was I, I don't know what the benefits of that were. It might have been some better definition than the stuff they used yeah, I mean, previously. It did, it did but ask you to be legged up on the on the mechanics of this stuff, Jeff. Honestly, <laughs> someone who points cameras at things. This is the one thing you're worried about. Yeah, but I, I agree. Actually, I, I think the, the the sets are pretty brilliant. Pretty brilliant. Whether whether they're built part built, mm-hmm. um, you know, part it's, location, it's a, part hauled in from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mix of both. Yeah, and it looks yeah. good. But okay, so so we we have um we we have that sort of establishing shot. We have some very quick interaction between characters. It's short, snappy dialogue. Some of it sounds a little bit kind of more poetic than it should, perhaps. Um, but then we suddenly go to um to to some reptiles in the middle of the sea, also, and it's it's very quick. There's no kind of mystery about who these uh, creatures are. I don't think it's very suddenly we're there. One of my notes was they waste no time in getting to them, and and it, there's not absolutely even kind of yeah. I think that's one of my notes as well. Yeah. No reveal on them. They're, Straight they're in there, there, isn't it? Yeah, you know. The, it, whereas in 
the, the poets we won, um, you know, all we kind of saw was hands and things initially, and uh, there was a slow kind That's of... That's right, yeah, the slow reveal. Kind of monster reveal, you know. Um, and in this, mm. they're, they're just, you know, sitting around having a cup of tea on, the, on their little computer thing. Yeah, they don't give a toss about yeah. any of that. It's no. like, right, here's, here's our human contingent, there's our alien contingent, yeah. all set up within the first couple of minutes and, of the thing. We don't right, know yeah. a lot about them all, yeah. but... So maybe that's partly where my confusion came from, because I was a bit like, yeah, you, you're right into you, it. Mate. Well, yeah, maybe it was just yeah. like, you know. Okay, so uh, let's have a think about this in context, right? So the story that immediately preceded this was The Five Doctors, right? A 20th anniversary special. Um, but the, the, before that, we had The King's Demons, which was really kind of stagey and theatrical. And, you know, in my opinion, yeah, not the, not the best kind of um, story at all. But nonetheless, it is what it is. But, we, we, you know, so The King's Demons is the official series, uh, season 20 closer. Then right. we get the, the, a few months after that finish, we get The Five Doctors, which was um, the whole, was it 90 minutes or so broadcast from beginning mm. to end? So, it was, you know, it's no, I think certainly in the UK, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't ever split into four parts. Uh, I think it was, it was done that repackaged overseas. And then a few months later, the following year, 1984, we get, uh, we get Warriors of the Deep, which suddenly came on and it looked, I, and, and again, I, I remember at the time when, when this went out, I was really, really excited because, you know, it, we kind of knew that Silurians and Sea Devils were sort of coming back and I was too mm. young to remember them from the Pertwee days, but I'd read the the Target novels of the Cave Monsters and the Sea Devils by that point, so I knew of them and obviously people had kind of talked about these in these guys in fan circles, they were, they were monsters that were held in very, very high regard yeah. and like you said, when in the Sea Devils we get that kind of slow reveal of the, of the monster and it's the same in the Silurians or the cave yeah, monsters yeah. as well. Doctor Who and the Silurians, isn't it? It's full tile, you know. Um, but again, in that, I think we get a really slow reveal. I think it probably takes about four episodes till we actually see a Silurian or, you know. But of course, yeah, within two minutes, three minutes, they're here, they're there. And we get some nice model shots as well. This is Matt Irving doing yeah. his really good model work in Doctor Who, which I think is among the best that we'd seen, you know, yeah. up, up to well, this I, point. I couldn't tell really whether it was. Stuff. I couldn't tell whether it was actually underwater models or not, and then, then there mm. was there was something in it, and I was like, "Oh no, it can't be." They've just cleverly lit it and done some smoke and stuff. But yeah, it was it was really good. Yeah, I think there is yeah. a bit of that. Yeah, yeah. it's really really good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Really good. Yeah, yeah I, I really like the model work in you know, this. Trick me on it initially, you know. Hmm. And again, I, I remember when you know first watching the, the the opening of this, I thought, "Well, this is really good. I'm I'm really into this," you know, because I you know I liked the, the sort of fast moving element of it. Yeah, no, let, let's not dick around revealing the monsters. Let's just show them, yeah. you know. And and I think it's through the Silurians that we get the the, the sign of a confrontation. Then you know, it's the, it's it's the Silurians leading the charge against the humans here, and we see it from their perspective. Which I, actually, when you think about it, is perhaps quite interesting because we don't always see that. With the right. Sea Devils episode we watched before, right? We don't see anything from we don't see any of it from from the uh, from the creature's point of view. It's right. all from a human point of view. So we manage. So we we get a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm being really generous here. Actually, we get a bit of an understanding as to why they want to invade. We perhaps don't. We know they're going to invade, and we see it from their perspective. You know, they, yeah, they I mean, attack the human 
the human base and they, yeah. they've got a plan which they're about to set in motion we don't yeah. quite know what it is or why but okay we know something's about to kick off but as i said on the sea base itself things are already kicking off everything's yeah. in a state of high alert the, uh, the 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 computer operator, the student, um, you know, his name Maddox. He's uh, he, he's suddenly entrusted with this massive, massive responsibility, which he never asked oh. for. He was only there as a sort of job placement understudy, and the, he gets plugged into the Matrix. He does get plugged into yeah. the Matrix. Yeah, twenty <laughs> years before the Matrix was even a thing. So, and actually, this this is something else actually, um, which I've got in my notes because this kind of so nineteen eighty four is um, is kind of at this very very start of the sort of cyberpunk kind of wave in science fiction. The novel that kicked it all off, right here, Neuromancer, was uh, was published in nineteen eighty four. So that's the yeah. book that kicked off the whole kind of cyberpunk thing. Now, obviously, all these influences are sort of coming together. And yeah. This idea of, um, you know, sort of human technological interface with a computer, it's sort of been bandied around in science fiction. But in the 80s, a lot of different writers sort of had these, these, these you know, a lot of ideas where all this stuff kind of coalesced. And again, yeah. in the early 80s, I remember 1984, um, I, I I used to have a ZX81, which was like the first home computer. One kilobyte of RAM, ladies and gentlemen, and it was the most amazing thing ever. Me and my mate, we used to program this all kinds of weird stuff in BASIC, and this one K by one KB of, uh, of of RAM on this machine. But again, there, there was um, you know, so there were, there were a lot of influences. Um, there were things like you know the. The idea of mutually assured destruction when mm. I was at school was massive. It was something we all went to school thinking, you know, there was there was a lot of films, there was TV shows, there was things like Threads where we all had to watch Sheffield get blown up by atomic bombs and, you know, the threat of, of being invaded by the Russians. It was always the Russians, you know, and, and Reagan with his Star Wars platform. Yeah. You know, the, 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 whatever it was, the SD Strategic Defense Initiative or Satellite Defense, whatever it was. You know, all this stuff was was boiling over. And I remember I was I was enthused by I loved it. I just thought it was a creative, you know, melting pot of things. And and, I, and my parents and other people had grown up in the 60s when we had the Cuban Missile Crisis. So the Cold War in the mid-80s was a real thing. You know, it was a big thing. It, it kind yeah. of haunted every single waking thought. And the only thing that we had to kind of break it up was things like Doctor Who and the Tracy Ullman show and whatever. So, you know, and Top of the Pops, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of digressing now and dipping into memory lane. But, you know, I think what's important here is uh, is a sense of context so we have this big cultural political thing going on where you know the threat of nuclear war is is, yeah. is seems to be very very real we've got margaret thatcher calling a, a, a general election which for some weird reason put a stress on the production of this thing so it was brought forward they didn't have enough time to really sort of um spend uh, you know sort of you know to fully develop the create the pre-production part of the the thing right. you know they, they planned this thing and then suddenly they had two weeks um well they, they were robbed of two weeks so you know i i think getting to the bottom of this then in a nutshell i think what they turned out was pretty good although mm. i didn't appreciate it that much at the time because the thing that really got me on this the thing that killed the whole show for me on this was that bloody murker and that pantomime horse? You know, I remember as yeah. a kid just watching it. <clears throat> I, I tweeted something. comes out and I thought, the fuck? It's literally a, a <laughs> pantomime horse alien. Um, and and there was one thing. It, it really is. <laughs> they had um, there was a couple of point of view shots from the murker, maybe, and and, and oh um, yeah, fisheye views. Yeah, yeah, and um, again, could be wrong, eye. but I can't remember seeing that in 
in any episode before but then i i've not watched every every single serial but it it made me it was a big thing in in um rtd's first uh era you know lots of you know that, that point of view type of thing so uh you know with some mm, sort of mm. you know effect on it or whatever um but yeah i'm, I'm you know i saw and thought oh that's that's new but um but we probably have seen it in there before because it's not exactly groundbreaking yeah but... I, I think we probably have done yeah, yeah I, I i know yeah. for sure there was a there was a point of view a creature point of view shot in uh in Earthshock because we see um we see the doctor and Andric and what have you through the androids kind of lens but obviously yeah. that's been straight back to cyber control and i think yeah. um you know i think this is another thing which influences warriors of the deep as well because Earthshock had been quite a big story mm. and that was written it, it, as uh, as I mean, I think Sayward was really massively influenced by James Cameron yeah, stuff, yeah. and I think again, what you've got here throughout the Davison era, but more so in this one, because I think t- season twenty-one is really where Eric Sayward was able to take creative control. Mm. But I think from interviews, was getting still getting hampered by all kinds of other inputs. You know, we want this monster, we want that, we want to bring these guys back. As I said, you got a, a fan turned consultant who seems to be putting his oar in and uh, kind of mixing things up a little bit. And and of course, you got the you know stresses to get like um, show busy actors in just to get a guest slot and stuff like that. Hence, you know what. Whatever. So that, I, th- I think the, 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 so the, the whole thing of Warriors of the Deep, I know, I know I've said it, but it is 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 of a really stressful production. Probably something along the uh, akin to Blade Runner, you know, with really Scott sort of pushing people and you know everyone in a state of high just tizziness and just getting a you know getting into right state with things. But I think watching it watching it this time around that tension comes through on screen mm. quite nicely one thing yeah, i always disliked yeah. about this was was how brightly lit it is it's a yeah. it's a constant bugbear of 80s tv not just doctor who but all kinds of stuff and yet actually the it's not every set that's lit brightly it's really only that control room set yeah. and the 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 um you know the secondary areas that the corridors and the chemical room and the other the reactor room and all that they're actually lit really well you know they're not just bright white there's shadow in there there's a depth to them there's some really nice camera work yeah it's an interesting point you know watching you know these uh you know older episodes back and and really Mm. anything kind of older on on telly you you notice that a lot of stuff it's lit but it's not lit in any kind of stylistic way mm. yeah you know? there's no there's no cinematic there's no photography yeah. as such is there <laughs> no. it's just like we need to show everything on the screen yeah. and that's what the lighting guys are told to do but, but when you do see a bit that is uh you know interestingly lit it's that it mm. jumps out because it's it's quite yeah. common in it you know it's, it's a bit like um those bits in kinder where um uh, mm. it's isn't it and she's just in the black space and and then you know she's yeah. lit. you know that's quite yeah. quite striking really effective yeah. and they, they, they duplicate them and stuff don't they mm. um you know and, and that kind of stands out but then everything else is it's lit uh quite flat yeah you know, there's, there's, there's no shadow everything is no. literally flat isn't it you know yeah. there's no area that is not illuminated yeah and apparently i, I think a lot of that is down to again the unions in the 80s were being broken up by by the, the Thatcher government. 
but I think um, yeah, you, you, you're right. There, there was there was I think the the creatives from reading interviews and seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff. You know, the directors and the writers and you know even the actors. They they all wanted something. You know, to to bring a bit more life to these stories. Yeah. And yet it was always the case like the lighting guys just were told they had to light everything. That was their job. That was their yeah. goal in life. Just stick a bloody light on it because and and it, and I, I'm sure I can't remember what it was. I heard him, but. It might have been behind the scenes on Shard or something, but it was where um, you know, there was a conflict between them saying, "Oh, Matt Irvin, I think it was actually," because he, he, he's been quite vocal on this. You know, to make to make the model work look good, turn the lights down because mm. otherwise you show every floor on the you know on, on the thing. You see the airfix glue, yeah. you know, the fact <laughs> that it was a, it was a it's an inside out fag packet. You know, lit nicely, it can look a million dollars. Lit badly, and it just looks like a fag packet turned yeah. inside out. And so that's that's no good. And and, and you get the scene where the lighting guys are saying, "No, no, no! If you turn the lights down, mate, they won't see it on on the telly." Yeah. Well, that's you know? that's you know these these would have been people that are you know on 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 contract with the BBC and employed, and yeah. you know, they work in Studio Four or he works in Studio Eight mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. it would be, and and they're just. I was going to say their jobs worse. Well, no, it's 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 you. You said it right there. I think it's contractors. You know, yeah. there's a contract. You work these hours in that, and and again, it's a it's a sort of um, you know, it's it's professional trades people thing, isn't it? Right, where you know you get paid for a job to to do a job within certain hours. That job yeah. has very strict regulations and guidelines. Yeah. That's what you do to make your you know to be a professional. You work to those guidelines. So if a director yeah. comes along and says to you, actually no, just change that a little bit, then it's questioning your professionalism. That's I think how it would have been seen from that point. But what we seem to see retrospectively is a lack of creativity yeah. from those technicians and things because, because they're doing their job right so yeah you know and their job isn't a creative job it's a very technical job yeah. switch the lights on that's it. it it's you know turn it on you've got 10 scenes yeah. to shoot today if you spend an hour per scene lighting it stylistically that's you're going to get four yeah. of them done um yeah. you know and, and you do get um you know styled lighting in films of the of the time mm. Um, but yeah, not so much on on TV because no, they don't have the time. For and film, it. Films are single camera, aren't they? So well, that's you know, it. You're lighting from one time, specific then. angle. Yeah. With these things, multi cameras, you know, three or four cameras all around the studio, all yeah. pointing at different directions. Some for close up, some for wide yeah. shots. They've all got to be lit, so they've yeah. all got to you know yeah. see. Because that's another so, point. You know, you 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 could light something and frame it, think yeah, that looks great, but then it looks terrible on another camera because you can yeah. see the light that's from know, the other side of the studio. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I realised um, I've, I've, I compared this or um, uh, called this Die Hard in Doctor Who, but of course this was before Die Hard. So Way um, before Die Hard. Yeah. Masses before but, Die Hard. So before well, before someone, before someone calls hard. me out on that, I, I mean it's it's themes of being stuck in a place. Thematically, yes. yeah. So all, all actually I got what you, you mate. say is Die Hard is a, is a base under siege. Uh, film <laughs> definitely a base under siege yeah yeah yeah. but okay so we we get we get silurians back we see them first and immediately they look different i mean again to me at the time that didn't really matter because i I'd, I'd never even seen the, the cape uh, you know the silurian story in, yeah from uh, 1970 I, you know, I wasn't even born then so so i i know yeah, it didn't really bother me um i think I people think they, they look generally good, right? prefer the original I think they look okay, you know. They, yeah. I mean, the only weird thing about this one was the fact their third eye, right, sort of flashes Dalek yeah. style when they speak. I, I didn't get that. It was like, weird. They look a bit like Davros, which was because yeah, it's very organic thing, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's yeah. right there. 
I didn't get that. Oh, and, and why would it flash the, when they speak? Yeah. Um, and the biotechnology um, or something. Yeah, so I suppose it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I do remember thinking mm. it was a bit odd. Um, and they had the kind of, um, yeah, like a waistcoat thing, but it was obviously supposed to be part of yeah, the waistcoat. Yeah, like a the, carapace or something. Yeah, yeah. With, the, with the spiky bits on the back. Mm. Um, but it but it, it, you know, wasn't sort of attached. And um, there's a couple of shots where one of them, two of them walked through, and you, you can see the... Um, uh, you know the flaps from the from the headpiece yeah, yeah, yeah. poking out, um, but you know again, I suppose if if you noticed it at the time, you know you might sort of have a little chuckle at it, but you know you didn't know any different back then. Do you know, we've said that before. You you can watch stuff from twenty, thirty, forty years ago and kind of laugh at the effects and things, but it, you, yeah, well, you yeah, have to. Look at I don't it. know, mate. I think all right. Here's here's the other thing about Warriors of the Deep. Right, fun factoid, people. So, uh, so I remember again when I was when I watched this back in the eighties, right? And you know, sort of loved part one, loved loved part two, part three. I was getting increasingly cheesed off with it. One thing I absolutely hated, and and I, and it came back to me when I was watching this, like a cold horror from the back of my brain and beyond, was um, two things. Firstly, the really slow, ponderous movements of the creatures. Why? There's no need for that, right? Just it's yeah. it's like because they're aliens, they've got to move and yeah. talk fact, like <coughs> this. Sea devils, I think. What the f- they're they're walking through a corridor uh, in one of the later episodes. Yeah, it's so ponderous like them- that. But one of them is just like his head flops. Yeah, he's like, he doesn't I wanna, care. I want to get out of here, guys. Yeah, I'm going to pay you for know, this bloody and, um, job. Yeah, and and I remember thinking the sea devils look like they shit themselves. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. It's crazy, isn't it? Huh? Yeah, I, oh, I didn't. I mean, you know, I suppose they 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 can't be rushing around, but they could have walked somewhat normally. Um, I, I like the sea devils. Uh, outfit, even though the extended neck to hide the uh, operators, hide the, the, the face. Yeah, it yeah, was a bit, yeah. a bit yeah. weird. And and that, yeah, a couple of times they sort of flopped over and and things. But again, you know the 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 you know the style on it was good. Mm. They didn't have the big ears, did they? Um, no. So again, the Sea Devils had had a bit of a redesign as yeah. well, hadn't they? You know, the actual face mold. It, 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 the the front face of it looked the same, but yes, they yeah. lost those flappy ears, and and they had to wear sort of samurai looking yes. helmets as yeah, well with the big spikes on the uh on the yeah, shoulder yeah which i really like actually i, yeah, I like I the idea too. of it i thought the execution yeah. okay maybe this is a, a consequence of uh cutting the pre-production yeah. time down they just had to go with sort of half finished costume and been fully tested but yeah. I, I i like the idea uh, you know so we had stream vests in the pertwee story now we got samurai warrior yeah. type people right and i i do wonder if because you know the the legend of the sea devils coming up that happens mm. in the china sea mm. so you know you just just wonder if i mean obviously we've got sea devils and silurians or whatever they're going to be called all, all across the world so yeah you know so i like the idea that you know there are like different um uh, communities of them perhaps yes. you know that yeah. maybe have some differences in their culture because again yeah. one thing that always annoys me and it's not it's not just a Doctor Who thing. It's a lot of TV sci-fi in general. We see aliens. There's like one color, one creed, one race. Yeah. You know, it's less so nowadays. I think this, you know, but certainly back in the eighties, it's like the aliens all at the same. You know, they all want the same goal, and maybe one or two of them are sort yeah, of against I, I like for the, story um, purposes. But you know, the the Silurians and the Sea Devils are, you know, do they call themselves cousins or something? You know, they're they're of the same. Yeah, cousins or, or brothers, don't they? They're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. 
and and it, and it was a bit more than just. But, but they actually call each other sea devils and Silurians in this, which is weird because because uh, yeah. okay, so the Silurians uh, were named erroneously, as was pointed out, um, you know, by fan in whatever he was called in 1970 or something, and were that that was addressed in the Sea Devils episode that we watched, where Malcolm Hulk had renamed them Eocenes, only to figure out that that was actually probably wrong as well. But yet they call each other's. Silurians and our Sea Devil brothers, and you know, and again, Sea Devils wasn't a name that was that they used themselves in no, the right. Sea Devil story. No, it was right. it was the mad raving guy at the end of part one who said the devils, the devils, or something. And because they were at sea, it just became a bit of a shorthand. But now they are categorically Sea Devils, yes, Sea yeah, Devil I want, warriors. Right? I wonder so, if um, Legend of the Sea Devils might give them a a, a species name. Maybe. Yeah, 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 or maybe they do come to be known as sea devils within so, that. Well, that's how it started, yeah. yeah. Well, it's the legend of, isn't it? So maybe mm. this is set the before all of this other devils. stuff, and, and that'll be where it, it came from, yeah. So, so tell me about yeah. uh, the murker or the murkin. Oh, no, man. Oh, my God. This is terrible. You know, so I, I didn't get to finish my story. This does lead on to the murker. So it is okay. still on topic. Don't worry. I'm not going to have a tangent, right? So, because uh, you, you were saying about, um, actually, what were you saying about so long ago now? I forget. But <laughs> something, oh, yes. We, we've got to be understanding that this was, you know, 40 years ago of its time. No one would have really cared that the, the Sea Devils didn't look that great. Actually, I think in 1984, we did. Because the point is, as I was saying, I, I love part one, love part two. At the end of part two, the Merkin makes its entrance. And I remember just crying in, in horror. When part three unfolded, which is pretty much all about the Merkin incursion, yeah. I was just, uh, I, I actually wrote this, this thing now. I wrote to points of view. Did you? I, I did. I wrote the points of view to make my point of view known to the BBC that I was disgusted, actually disgusted with the special effects and creature effects in Doctor Who. I love the models, but the creatures were embarrassing. I think I used those words, and I did definitely use the word disgusted, that they were just pointing kitchen handles with a bloody red light. That, that was about as thrilling as something actually not very thrilling to a 13 year old at the time but but you know the, the thing is I, I think again in the 80s audiences were starting to expect a bit more because yeah, at this true. time so yeah. the sea devils in 1970s pre-star wars right and by the time this thing comes out we'd had star wars the empire mm. strikes back return of the jedi aliens is is waiting yeah. around the corner mm. we'd had the first alien film really scott we'd had blade mm. runner so now audiences are starting to see what can be really achieved with good special effects now obviously doctor who has always been on a shoestring budget and was never ever in those days going to be able to compete but as an audience, we really, really wanted it to. You know, I know I've said when we talked about modern day episodes, when we're talking about Flux, you know, we look at Flux and this is how I wanted Doctor Who to look when yeah. I was back in those days. I genuinely did. And there was no reason to my in, in my mind why Doctor Who should look as crap as it did when it came to creatures mm. and certainly laser beams. They couldn't even seem to do laser beams. It was a really poor effect. And, you know, and, and I wasn't an expert on TV then. I was just a kid, you know, a teenage kid who just wants his favorite program to look the best it possibly can but um the, the thing that really got me was the murker so at the end of at the end of part two we have this uh, extended sequence where the base is under siege from under assault from two fronts we have the sea devils coming in at one at one entrance and we have this 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 monster thing coming in at the other 
and we can see the uh, well, the, the, the kind of foam doors bulging yeah. outwards. And and again, when you watch Doctor Who, even as a kid, you think, okay, we'll just let it go. I hope my mum's not watching because she would absolutely take the crack out of this. And and then, of course, the creature comes through. And, and do you know what? I, watching it again, I, I got the cold shivers again because this, this thing hurts, right? It, <laughs> it really, really hurts as a, you know, from, from all those years ago because my mum did walk in at this point. And, I, and as I said on this podcast, before she's never been a fan of Doctor yeah. anything like this. She would look at it, she would immediately take it down, and she ripped it to shreds. And it was just awful because I'd I'd really like the story up, and I'd still like the story. You know, mm, the story's yeah. a fast-moving thriller kind of tense yeah. kind of thing and you know it, the, the threat is escalating we got threat from inside with the two enemy agents we've yeah. got uh, you know dr Salau and all that sort of thing we've got some techie stuff with maddox who's you know a bit bit, bit kind of shaky we've got the yeah. doctor who was presumed dead and you know what i mean and he's he, I, I tell you what it's just and then we get this bloody thing coming out it looks like frigging it actually is a pantomime horse, you yeah. know. And okay, you can see they made an effort. It's got some fronds, some seaweedy stuff, and some big eyes. But I think the movements of it, where it's swaying its head from left to right and just blundering down, just flat rubbered feet plapping against the the, the floor. It's just fuck. It's awful. And of course, to make matters worse, years later, right? Um, when uh, when 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 was it? Paul Merton had uh, Michael Grade on Room 101, and and the clip they used to kind of uh, in in defence of Michael Grade's argument that the program was past its time and it was just it needed to go was they used this clip from Warriors of the Deep featuring the Merca, Merca and the whole audience laughed and and I felt that pain again. Mm. I was older this time, you know, my twenties or thirties or something, and I'm like, oh my god, it still hurts. And whenever anybody wants to use Doctor Who as an example of ridiculous TV, it's always this that they used yeah. the worst possible moment, you know, out of context, cold, white, stark lighting, as we've already yeah. said, and this bloody creature that, despite the effort put into it, just did not convince at it, all. Could never um, even hope to convince. Slightly. Um off topic but it's going to be interesting the michael grade uh mm. on the next collection box set yeah i'm looking forward to that because that, yeah. that will be interesting yeah i mean i still i still can't stand the guy but but you know yeah if if if, if you put a bit of money behind the show then it then it would have been different you know do you know what i, mean? I, don't, I, do you know what? I don't think it's even it's even as easy as money i think um i mean clearly time has, has always been a, a yeah a, a short commodity on Doctor Who as well, and even less so, or even more so on this one. You know, with the mm, whole thing mm. being brought forward by by two weeks. But as part of the part of the brilliance of Doctor Who is how it was how it has kind of produced really good stuff on a on, on a thin budget. Yeah. You know, on the restrictions that it's always had, and that in some ways kind of spurs on the creativity of the thing. Yeah. And I think with the rest of this season, we've got some brilliant creativity i think even in this story it it rears its head it's it's almost like it's about to show but for me warriors of the deep whilst the script i think is mostly really good you know yeah. the intentions behind it are good they're somehow lost in the production of the thing it's almost yeah. like the the production crew didn't get the memo or the same memo that the the the, the you know that the makers of the other stories in this season got because when you compare it to frontiers which is a really studio bound story um caves of androzani which is for me is just phenomenal mm. even planet of fire all right okay so it's all on location in the canary islands and even a two-part awakening you know strong stories equally as strong but somehow made better 
by the creativity behind them. And all of these stories had their problems. They all had no money. And, you know, Caves of Androzani also had a really crap monster, but it had a director who lit it better and was forceful mm. with his lighting crew mm. to make sure he got the shot you want. Graham Harper, who went on to yeah. direct in the, you know, in, in the modern yeah. series, you know, yeah. the, the Age of Steel, yeah. Rise of the yeah. Cybermen, and a few others. So, you know, it, and, and Pennant Roberts, for me, has never been the personal, isn't it? I, I think he's he, he was an old-school director. He was, you know, really good, you know, in the 70s. He did... Um, you know, Tenko. He was uh, he was on Blake Seven as well, which was right. you know, another big favorite of mine. Um, but I think he'd, he'd done a Face of Evil, which is, again is not really a favorite. And and it's it's a very kind of um, the, their background is is very sort of theatrical. Yeah. You know, maybe not necessarily in the theatre, but from the days when TV mirrored. Yes, the theatrical process, which, right? Which where actors are on a stage, yeah. and literally, it's just a camera pointing at them, and they, you know, very dialogue-heavy stuff. And and the script for Warriors of the Deep, in in some ways, like Earthshock, is it, it doesn't it, it deserves something different to mm. that style of direction. You know, it's not it's not a stagey piece, but it's kind of you know it was presented in that way. So we have some very stagey kind of yeah. uh, you know it's, sort of arrangements of characters we've got little trios and little double acts we've got people talking off camera aside to each other but we can clearly hear them and the people they're talking about you know there's a shot with Solow and Nielsen talking behind Maddox right about Maddox it's like ah, oh, come on you know you could be a little bit more creative a little bit more yeah. intelligent with this stuff and I think that for me is really yeah. and crucially where Warriors of the Deep falls down Others may disagree, but that's my no, I, personal I, opinion. If if this was done uh, now, uh, you know, you you'd be able to shoot this so much oh, more exciting. Yeah. Can you imagine and again, with the creatures moving ponderously, you know, yeah. when the sea devils invade the base, it doesn't convince. When the Silurians, you know, take something, lift off their manipulator and carry it very slowly and walk very yeah. ponderously across the thing, you know, even in their own. Even in their own ship, right, which which is nicely dressed, it, it looks organic. Yeah. So it looks like it's part of the same technology. And they move like bloody, I don't know, I don't know what they move like. It's like, you know, this is how aliens have to move. Let's move them like this. It's No, just yeah. put a bit of life into it. Again, mm -hmm. when you compare it with Earthshock, right, um, which was directed by Peter Grimwade. Now, Peter Grimwade had a, you know, he was good at this. sort of, He got it. You know, he, he, he pushed for things again to be fast-paced. Those androids moved. They weren't ponderous. The Cybermen moved a little bit like that, but they were just out of cold storage. For one thing, one thing I did enjoy about Warriors of the Deep, which which was a really good thing about um, you know the direction of it in the early stages, when the Sea Devils are being awakened, there's a really great shot of them sort of you know coming to life, and it's very eerie. There's a bit of you know there's some effects put on the on the um, you know I think it's like a backdrop. There's a painting to make the cavern in which they're being yes. awakened look yes, deeper than it is. It was a mirror, I think, because I I, I, I was it a Mirror. One mm. that was sort of left a shot moved, and then the one next to it moved exactly the same. And I was, I was like, oh yeah, I can see they, they're in a. There's mirrors either side, which is mm. yeah. Ah. So that was quite clever because it made it look a lot bigger than it was. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. So you know, yeah. it's there are things there, but they just for me never quite seem to come to life. And I think by part three, but again, even in part three, we got some good stuff in there. That the whole mm. thing with the UV light ray gun sort of thing you know that that looks pretty decent yeah there's a lot of good stuff in it and i think it's mm. interesting hearing you know our, our two 
points of view on it, you know, coming from different corners. Uh, that you know, you watched it when it went out, and I and I wouldn't have done. You calling me old? You calling me old again? No, <clears throat> no, because there's not that much right between us. But um, <laughs> you know, you, uh, you know, saw its shortcomings then, and and I'm you know a bit embarrassed by it, and I'm looking at it now, mm. um, and and enjoying it, but still, yeah, but seeing things that you know could have been better but not mm, mm. not necessarily to the to the detriment of it for me you know i'm just kind of yeah. uh, because i'm accepting that that's what it was like then and and you know they had a, a compressed schedule on it lack of money and things but you know also that's kind of how uh you know the 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 state of effects work and stuff at, at the time mm. you know? um so it, yeah it didn't kind of you know didn't it didn't spoil it all for me so Tell me, what do you think of Peter Davison's performance in this, and, oh. and and also the companion? So I, I've not seen a lot of Turlow before. Haven't you? Um, no. Um, yeah. What do you think yeah. of him then? Yeah, he's, he's all right. I mean, have, have you seen the stories that that he was introduced in the season previous? So you had the whole mm-hmm. Black Guardian trilogy. No, I, I haven't seen that lot. No. Oh, have you really? God, no. I can't even imagine going through life not having watched those. It's just weird. <laughs> Well, I've so, the collection set with yeah. um, uh, that's with Nissa and um, Tegan, isn't it? In those yeah, stories. yeah, yeah. Um, what series is that? Eighteen. Well, is yeah. Um, when 19. Nissa and Tegan came into it, you, you no, know, Davison's first series. Oh, first, yeah, nineteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then uh, they haven't put any of his others out yet, have they? No, and no. I really want season twenty-one to come in the collection. Yeah, it, I, it, you know, I said it is, is my favourite one. So this is um, I've got the 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 least yeah. of his stuff. I've got like the visitation, really? and, yeah. Um, and I and I remember wanting to buy Caves of Androzani, but it was really mm. expensive uh, for a right. long time, um, and I just thought, yeah, I'm not paying that for it. Um, oh. So yeah, I, I haven't seen that, which which I'm going to. Well, you haven't seen the Caves of Androzani. No. No. Oh man, we got to do that. When you see that, we do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, well, I really right? want to see it. Yeah. Oh, mate. I mean, I'm I'm probably building it up too much, but <laughs> they, it's always been my number one Doctor Who story. Always, yeah. bar none. Yeah, I know a lot of people do say the same sort of thing, but and other people say, well, it's overrated. What well, what's so good about it? But mate, I could talk for hours about the Caves of Androzani. Well, we talk, we put that one on. It's a ten part podcast, I kid you not. With well, notes. It's, it's very highly rated, you know, and like I said I, I wanted to see it, you know. Um so, yeah, Turlo, I thought Turlo, you know. okay. So so Turlo was introduced the previous season as uh, as a kind of a schoolboy who with an alien background. It was all very mysterious. We don't know where he came from or anything. But he was given a mission by the Black Guardian in three over three stories that played out over three stories in season twenty to kill the doctor. Right. And he's never the, the TARDIS crew at the time, so Nissa and Tegan never really trusted him. But the doctor did trust him because the fifth doctor is a very trusting person. Mm. He's very tetchy, very short tempered with his companions, but for some weird reason he completely utterly trusted Turlow or did he did he always see see what he was about and kind of almost egged him on to to do his thing knowing yeah, that he yeah, would yeah. come through it you know and you never quite know I, I love I, I mean you know for the record I absolutely love Peter Davison's doctor I think he's brilliant mm. and um but Turlow is yeah he's, he's very it's a very strange relationship that they have and I noticed that the first when 
at, at the start of this story, Turlo comes in. It's all I always thought is weird. Turlo comes in doing his shirt, doing his shirt collar up, which looks very scruffy, mm. and he's doing his tie up, which continues to look scruffy. And he always wears the same bloody clothes, mm. and it's ridiculous because it's a long time since he was at school. He hated the school anyway. He was a bit of a cuckoo in in the thing. So, you know, he's of alien origin. And um, and he's doing his school tie-up. Mm. And there's this weird sort of thing with Turlow where um, he still looks like he wants to kill the doctor. I mean, throughout this, he tells Tegan, I think at the end of part one or start of part two, that the doctor's dead. There's nothing we can do. Let's yeah. hot, yeah, hot he foot was, it he back was to the TARDIS. Um, what blows away about it, wasn't he? He was like, oh, yeah, he's, he's fallen in the water. You know, he's fallen in and <laughs> he's immediately drowned. His foot touched the water and he's drowned. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 he hasn't possibly survived that, yeah. despite the countless other times he has come back from yeah. the dead. And, and when he does meet the doctor again, he's like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. right. you know, I don't seem to be really overjoyed or anything to see. No, the, yeah, the, uh, I didn't really kind of buy it. And I think um, five was not yeah. my favorite. You know, when, when I buy, um, you know, Big Finish, for example, yeah. I, I go towards four and, and uh, you know, quite a, a like for yeah, really? six as well and, and eight. Um, yeah, and I've got quite a bit yeah. of five now but I, th- I think it's the sort of mm. thing it's the companions i go for more uh, I, yeah like you said he's, he's right. quite tetchy and and uh it's weird because you know he is he is a good person mm. a good you know good doctor of course um but yeah there's the sort of he's quite irritable isn't he and and um you know get gets he quite, is quite irritable but then to be honest if i if if I if I'd had Adric and Tegan in the TARDIS sort of bickering all the time, I'd be quite irritable as yeah, well. No, no wonder no one of kind of the, uh, the radio master get away from Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I what I really like about the fifth doctor is um I think for the first time he really sort of portrayed that idea of um and we saw we, we see it a lot with Matt Smith, the the ancient alien. Yeah, in I was gonna say he face. is quite authoritative, uh mm. in the Quite that sort of youthful, uh, you know, facade on the character, um, and and yeah, you you do get that feeling, you mm. know, that there is this older, uh, you know, sort of um, you know person, spirit spirit entity there, yeah. you know. and and it is um, again because I think in each Doctor, you know, they all have. Um, you know aspects and elements of, of what's come before, but but they mm. need to do it, uh, you know, their own way because otherwise. Yeah, you're just basically playing that you are playing the same part, but it but it has to be different at the same time. Um, and so you know, Davison being you know this sort of slightly grumpy, irritable, um, you know, but but kind of um, you know ancient mm. uh, thing was was quite different to Tom Baker, I think. You know, yeah, yeah. It was. Although he has moments like that, yeah. of course, but you know, it's he it's does. A, yeah, all the doctors have got. Um, you know, a, a hopeful aspect to mm. them, and, and and you know, doing the right thing and stuff like that, and and that comes out in in all of them. Do you know that, what I mean? that that is the the doctor's moral standpoint, isn't it? Yeah, you know, that he will help, or you know, they will help people rather than destroy them. Yeah, and I think actually that's that's a real crux of this story, isn't it? Because obviously, as events play out, the doctor again wants to try and bring peace between humans mm. and reptiles, mm. and you know, this sort of defining story point that that's always been part of these you know when, these, Again, when these guys it, appear it, it yeah harks back to you know the sea devils um you know episode isn't it and the way mm. three is with with them and um you know the, the end of this is is quite downbeat you know he, he's he's one oh, man. You it's know, very downbeat at, at pretty cost. much everybody dies 
Yeah, well, they, they stand there, don't they? And they're all dead. Yeah. You know, you, you Actually, I was that. thinking Bulik, I think, survives. We don't see him, but I think he's the only one we haven't seen yeah. get killed. So he's probably the lone survivor in this yeah, entire yeah. sea base. Walks out of the chemical because he's been he's been holding the hexachromite hose pipe yeah. up to the ventilator uh, ventilation shafts, and he'd probably walk out of there saying, "Right, who's for dinner then?" Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, they've oh, gone God. and they're, they're oh, all dead. Yeah, oh, and it, yeah, it is yeah. um, it is very down and it ends very suddenly as well. He, he says, "You know, that there should have been ends another." On the doctor's line, doesn't it? But you see the doctor's face at that point as well. So he's um, okay. So so let's let's go back to Pete Davidson as a doctor here, right? So we have this kind of enthusiastic breathless young doctor who yes very titchy very irritable but actually in this season i think he's 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 less of that because he's only got two companions now instead yeah. of three so we've got tegan who he's got a really good relationship with now you know yeah. it's sort of yeah. uh you, you get a feel for this there's a shorthand between and when he says make a wish tegan he knows she's going to close her eyes and he can blast the uv at um nielsen and you know do do do, do him in um and, and that's the other thing. We, we've got a doctor who, um, like the third, is not averse to a little bit of violence. So yeah. he's gonna, you know, he's gonna do a bit of Venusian Aikido. He's gonna try and he's gonna fight. There was that fight at the end of part Ooh, one, which, yeah, yeah. which he loses. But I, you know, I remember, oh, I felt a bit like when you see that, mm. you know, it's it's a bit of a shocker in a way because there's never really anything like that from the character you know that that often but there is, is in you know from from the Pertwee days yeah know, there is he but was that, very much like that that's the um the exception to the rule i think and, and uh, we've also got tom baker in the caesar doom who, who does quite a few decent karate chops in that story <laughs> you know I, you're you're right the, the doctor doesn't usually do the violence thing no. but there, there are occasions when yes there are but it, it's, do, you know, so. it's it's not what the character's known for i mean he shot um, an ogron in cold blood just for the sake of it in day the daleks <laughs> Just picks up a gun. Oh, there's an ogre. <laughs> it's like, what did you do that for? <laughs> Just so he could look cool with his cape, you know, yeah. pointing a gun. But, you know, when you think of Do Doctor Who, you know, you because I was talking to my son about it um, a while ago, and he yeah. said, does he, does he fight? And I said, not really. Does he have a gun? No. Nope. And, you know, it's, it's quite an unusual, yeah. uh, you know, character. It is. The Fifth Doctor was quite often pushed into some mm. really tough moral places. And, and you've, got to, you've got to throw a lot of this at the at, at the um, at the, the feet of Eric Sayward. And, and people will either people either seem to enjoy this aspect, you know, thinking it throws a different aspect to the Doctor. Mm. Um, and other people take an, a different standpoint, which is that actually, no, the Doctor would never pick up a gun. We know they have done, though. And even the First Doctor picked up a big stick in the very first story yeah. and was you know about to do some damage with that so you know it's it's always there and i think it's uh, for me when we see these moments it's like we understand we, we i i kind of see it as that the doctor will do that because they've been driven into that place yeah. and there's a reason for it so in this case it's to allow his friends to kind of yeah. make a quick getaway yeah. that's, which that's they don't it. because they stand there going doctor you know and it's like well run you know oh, he's, yeah. he's fighting yeah, so, off these guards so you can let it out of it you know, the, the doctor will do uh, extreme things depending on the circumstance, but it, it's mm. not the default. You know, the doctor no, it's not. And, and again, shoot everyone. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's very uh, rare. You know, a bit like remember in um, Doctor's mm. Daughter when when Ten is is you know pushed. You know, he he thinks they've killed Jenny, and and he, he takes the mm. gun and puts it to the guys, and it's quite a shocker because it's it's yeah, uh, yeah. You know, really kind of. Uh, you know, you you can tell he's he's right at the limit there, and mm. you know, 
Yeah. Ninth Doctor in Dalek again when he's yeah. faced with uh, you know the creature he thought he'd wiped out uh, you know at the cost of his own people. So yeah, the, the Doctor does do this stuff. Yeah, with, yeah, with, with yeah. Guns, I'm not saying it's not know. part of the character, but it's, it's not the it's not the, the form, yeah. You yeah, I, I agree. we don't yeah. have posters of, of the docks on our walls holding <laughs> up two yeah. guns. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so back to the story in hand then. So we've got um we, we do have a bit of a moral thing going on. So we've got this opportunity for the doctor to wipe out the reptiles using this hexachromite gas. It's there, it's right there in episode one, like like Chekhov's gun, right? We can mm -hmm. it destroys all marine and reptile life. So we know really here's the thing that that is that can be used the doctor knows it's there when he's you know when he sort of exits out of the bridge in part four when everything's sort of kicking off he heads straight to the chemical room or chemical store whatever it's called allegedly looking for something more you know not not so, something less lethal that is going to debilitate rather than absolutely slaughter them and um and he doesn't find it he's kind of you know we, we, we get the sea devil walking in the first thing to be exposed to the hexachromate we see the it sort of melts and this green goo another mm, trademark yeah. of 80s doctor who aliens dissolving into vicious bubbling green glue with with steam uh which is you know lovely and which i loved as a kid either yeah you know, I quite liked it give now. me more of that stuff <laughs> yeah it's great <laughs> so um so yes yeah, so we, we get that and then obviously the gases and i love the fact that throughout part four then when the doctor sort of you know makes a decision they're going to release the gas um, because they really can't find anything else but he's at least going to try and use that as leverage to get the silurians off the base and mm -hmm. stop them doing what they're doing because and, and and as he's kind of you know as the whole crew is kind of working their way back to the bridge and getting uh, attacked from all sides by more sea devils ponderously pointing their guns and falling into their deaths and everything else um he, he you know he still wants to do the right thing he still mm -hmm. wants to give the sea devils the opportunity to leave you know it's, it's almost like again like tens yeah know, I'll, give you, I'll give you a chance you know yeah. there's a chance to do it. if you don't take it though you're gonna you're gonna end up in a puddle of green ooze on the floor yeah. and it's already happening this slow death is is already building so the time at which the doctor's persuasions can be effective is getting narrower and narrower and it sort of adds to the tension on top of that we got the whole missile alert thing going on so you know yeah. that that's all kicking off again we've seen those bbc micro graphics on the big screen <laughs> love that i was cutting edge in the 80s but you know and he has this thing and and um what's it called ikthar or something isn't it he, 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 he won't do it you know it's um it's just not going to happen and they all fall to their deaths and at the last minute the doctor has to step into the into the uh, computer thing the, the sync up to try and do it but he hasn't got the the jack input which maddox had so yeah. the commander vorshak he's trying to do so i love the ending of this and you know throughout the whole thing the i honestly think that the story the plot points in the story are absolutely bang on i think the tension is ratcheted mm, up it's the yeah. kind of story that i really like it's just some bits of the execution but i think the 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 better part of part, of part four is back on form and that race that building of tension towards the end as, as events kind of close in and this slow creeping death starts taking hold of the reptiles it's all game over but everybody's been shot or they're dissolving into a puddle and i love the fact that even you know the, the doctor says to tegan give the silurian some oxygen you know, to still try and get them yeah. through it. But in doing that, kind of signs their own death warrant oh, because yeah. the last thing the Silurian does with his free oxygen is shoot Vorshak, yeah. the commander. And he's kind of getting the Doctor through this process and helping him do his thing in the computer. And then, you know, he dies when he comes out. He's been shot. So that finally takes control of him. The Doctor sort of takes this cap off, looks around at the devastation and the death. There's literally nobody left standing 
reptile or human and his eyes you know he's all bruised yeah, from his, yeah. his you know the, the thing yeah. with the computer they're burning out and you know the trauma that he's undergone at that point to do it we you know just just and and, and this is a thing about the doctor and particularly the fifth doctor is almost like despite his best intentions he's channeled down a, a, a railroad of events that he cannot control he tries to control them but he can't and eventually through his companions or through the through the enemies or through the people he's surrounded with he has to take one course of action he tries this it doesn't work he tries that it doesn't work he can't yeah. do this he can't do that he's defeated constantly the fifth yeah. doctor has to put yeah. up with more and more defeats they're piled on top of him and he still powers through he still tries to do the right thing yeah. he tries to you know the end of this story which is a really good mirror to, to Androzani he even puts himself in a position of sacrifice because he yes. doesn't know if he's going to survive this computer link up thing and clearly it has a debilitating effect on him mm. you know mentally and physically he's burned out when he comes into it you know you see that as i said the scars around his eyes and he looks around and despite all that despite everything everybody's dead yeah you know? and, and, and you hear it, it his voice it should have been another way it's, it's not often that the doctor loses and and um mm. you know or in this case wins at the same time sort of thing but one other example yeah. i can think of and you might have more is um Sleep no more, which I think is, is an episode we should cover. <laughs> oh, at, sorry, at, uh, man, something in my eye there that went down my throat. Weirdly. <laughs> and that's a brilliant episode, but you know they they lose at the end of that. And and it was always a shame that they never did the sequel that was that was planned for that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I don't I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a good episode. People just don't get it. But you know they they don't win at the end of that, do they? No, they Not don't. Really. But... Yeah, there's a point. Did any of that actually even exist, though? Was it was it even real, or was it a simulation? Well, was it all just pipe dreamed into their head? Or, it, yeah. or did it actually happen, and nothing that happened afterwards is real because they all died? Well, yeah. well we'll come to that when we look at that <clears> one. Soon. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. that's going to be a fun discussion but yeah it's it's interesting warriors of the deep because yeah it's not the best example i don't think of season 21 and yet it has so much good stuff going for it yeah it's it's um you know maybe if the murka wasn't in it or it was better Mm. you know it it might kind of raise it for some and um you know I, i think it it's it's all there but uh circumstances around it kind of hampered it slightly um, and, and uh, you know, you have to kind of admire what, what they were trying to do with it. Um, and, and, yeah, I enjoyed it, mm. and I would certainly I'd watch it again at some yeah, point. I, there's I, a lot to yeah, yeah. Um, So, look, I'll, I'll bring mm. up some of the comments that we have from people. I don't know if you've seen all of these. I've seen um, a few. But our friend, read them out, yes. Okay. So our friend Robot of Death, who's he's changed his um, handle, actually. He's at Graham Ward 68 now. So he said, um, it's an excellent story hampered by, well, certain issues that I'm sure you'll be covering. Oh, well, there you go. Did. Yeah. Um, the, the will to overlook them is needed, but mm. it's rewarding if you can. There you go. That sums it up quite nicely, actually. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. Well, we well, should just read his tweet out at the start and <laughs> yeah. gone for a beer or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Salty Space Ghost, who's at Salty Grill, she says, it's classic 80s. Uh, the plastic modern look, the makeup, Cold War allegories, oh, uh, and when the villains yeah. use a security disc to reformat Maddox's brain, that's a special mm. touch that somehow 
predicted the joys of computers in the 90s yep. when reformat disk meant disaster. <laughs> um, <laughs> <It> still does. <laughs> someone called Paul, who is um, new to us, I think, at PCW2K. Hey, Good name. Love that he name. He's just finished watching it. Yep. Uh, just finished watching it this morning. It's the first story I've seen where the Doctor wins, but it feels like he lost. I love the fact yeah. that he looks like he's got two black eyes. Yeah. Um, Alex Green, uh, meeting Jody, uh, same, uh, whose username <laughs> is I Alex underscore Green I. I think it's an I on the end. Um, it says, I've always loved this story. Thought it was mm. a brilliant start to season 21. Having the Sea Devils and the Silurians return to team up together was a brilliant idea. A solid start to the Fifth Doctor's final season. Um, so Alex obviously really likes it. So again, it's so interesting mm. how people can see things so differently. Um, Christoroth, uh, whose, whose name is at Christoroth, Silurians, Sea Devils, and that pantomime seahorse <laughs> thing. <laughs> Draped in crepe paper, look dreadful. Deep. Honestly, they do. If you were around at that time, mate, it, it's it's a special race memory that we all Doctor Who fans who saw that first time still carry. Yeah, he's, he's obviously sharing yeah. that. Yeah, he says it really ruins whatever merit it might otherwise have had. Um, and then we've got someone else who's uh, new to us, I think. Left of centrist dad, who's <laughs> um, anti-social <laughs> sock nineteen. Um, I think it's underrated. Yeah. It's a pretty good base under siege if you can look past the effects. Um, Thomas Hines, he just says it's an okay Fifth Doctor story. Um, Daniel Knight, who's at Daniel Knight 73, says not as bad as its reputation, but still not great. Some bad direction choices. Guards standing in plain sight waiting to be shot. That's yeah. like in, um, yeah. in, in old um, sort of action and fight films where they all stand around the hero and take one yeah. one, one in a turn to go for him. Um, the, murder, yeah. the, the arms make it look stupid. The eye makeup and the unrelenting grimness. Uh, but on the plus side, Peter Davison gives a great performance. Yeah. Um, our power, Oliver Street, he says, it's not that bad. I had a good time with it. Um, mm, good man. Uh, Jason Thompson at Jason underscore JTT, almost relentlessly grim, which is which mm -hmm. might look much like what Daniel said. Um, Peter reportedly had to fight just to get one vaguely humorous line in. I don't know if you know anything about that. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, right. Made even more so by Eric Say Saywood's insistence that everyone, bar the regulars, die by the end. Uh, a depressingly cynical start to season mm. 21. Uh, and then... Uh, this is the one that I read before I watched the show uh, of the series again. Uh, Sadako24, who's at Sadako241, says, Worst thing the show ever produced. A criminally <gasps> negligent doctor, fanfic level writing that Ooh, had no business being harsh. broadcast, and an anti war message that basically says, Violence is bad, so just let the enemy kill you all. How we Ooh. got from City of Death to this in five years baffles me. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting point. I think that's that. That sounds very harsh mm. to me. Yeah, I, I read that and I was like, "Oh, oh god!" So then you weren't <laughs> looking forward to watching this, then, were you? Have I remembered this one completely differently? Um, so yeah, <laughs> I, I don't entirely uh, uh, agree with that. But again, it's you know, look at look at those tweets there. You know, Alex really liked it. You know, uh, mm. really disliked it. Other people felt that you know, much like we do. I think that it's you know had things holding it back and, and mm, wasn't as bad mm. as you know, perhaps the uh you know the perception is on it you know it's a bit like sleep no more really that that is a meta <coughs> masterpiece <coughs> oh, sorry mate it's, it's 
stuff in my eyes. But that, we'll have to do that one, actually. I'll, I'll be interested yeah. to see what people think of that. Because they're wrong. They're all wrong about <laughs> Maybe it's just because it's, it's Clara's last last adventure. Maybe that's why. <sighs> Is that a time already, yeah. mate? Can I just say, yeah. can I can I just um, big up the target novel of Warriors yeah. of the Deep? That's a cr- cracking cover image I there. love it. Yeah, it's yeah. great. The, you know, season 21 was a kind of watershed in so many ways, right? Because if not just on TV, also in the target books, we finally, finally got away from those bloody horrible photographic covers that had dominated the Peter Davison Doctor Who novels. They were mm. awful. I think Snake Dance and Enlightenment from the previous season, and then the Five Doctors, we'd started to move away with Andrew Skillet's drawings, but the, the covers of all of the season 21 stories are fantastic, mm, and I love them lords, and I want to have their children. So there you go. <laughs> and I love that one. I, I remember reading this on my way up to uh, my grandparents in Yorkshire. Really? And I just, yeah, I loved it. I, I, I really enjoyed the book, because in the book, the Merca was a really fearsome beast. Yeah, and I, I really, really hope that when we see Legend of the Sea Devils, and I think I might have said this on a previous Sea Devils podcast, but I really hope we see a really good Merca. Yeah. I, I honestly, if, if if they can pull that off, then frankly, I, it's 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 healed the scars <laughs> from 40 years ago. And I'll be I I, I could you know I, I could Keep just go to my grave happy. Yeah, I, yeah. I will absolutely. Yeah. You know, it will, I'll be a better person for it if I can do that. Yeah. Show me a murker. I think we've had one in a big finish story. Um, oh, really? I can't see it. No, I need to see it. You know, on the telly, <laughs> looking like a big beast from the fathoms. I mean, a big kraken esque kind of thing, fizzing with electromagnetic yeah. pulsing radiation Stop. or something electric <laughs> pump uh, filled with electrics yeah there we go it's giving off electrics that's what we need big fierce big teeth big claws and electricals that'll do me that's quite a good end there <laughs> yeah on that note because we've been talking yeah. long enough now haven't thanks we? for listening everyone way. and um you know if thank you i've been inspired to rewatch warriors of the deep let us know what you think of it or just let please us know do what you think of it in general yeah. if, you, if you've watched it recently or a long time ago um we'll be back next week um at the we'll time of back. recording i'm not sure what our episode will yeah. be because there's various things uh we've mixed them up on. a bit haven't we actually yeah so um, we mixed them up yeah we're recording out of sequence you might say yeah. so uh we've still got our ray holman episodes to come out as we're recording this um and, and then this will come out after those and we'll have some other stuff uh, yeah. done in the meantime but stick with us we've yeah. got some really great and exciting things coming up so thanks for yes, we do. joining us thank you it's been fun this one i've enjoyed talking about this one actually. yes we're good right, yeah yeah do this again mate very discussion yeah should do a podcast yeah why not yeah did you record this one oh shit <laughs> oh yeah better hit the record button didn't i uh...